0: Hey friends, Lisa Joe here. Before we even get properly started today, I'm popping in to sit down and give you a little P.S. Now, I know those usually come at the end of a letter, but here at the beginning, I wanted to let you know there are a few technical issues we had with Christy's microphone recording a couple of these summer episodes We're asking for grace and that you bear with us and love us anyway, even though there might be a few more crackles than we would have liked. Christy's on the road right now in Chicago and we weren't able to re-record, so I'm popping in with this disclaimer and a plate of your favorite summer fruit salad or maybe it's brownies that you like to bribe you into loving us anyway, here in the middle of our completely ordinary technical issues with a couple of these episodes. Thank you in advance.
1: Welcome to Out of the Ordinary, the show that helps you grow a daily life that matters. I'm Christy Purifoy.
0: And I'm Lisa Jo Baker, and this episode both terrified and thrilled me, and it's the reason I'll be sending out international save-the-dates very, very soon. (laughs)
1: This conversation is all about giving our listeners and ourselves permission to dream. And now… I have the first entry in my calendar for the year 2024. Thanks, Lisa Joe. Get comfy, friends. <laughs> Here we go.
0: Well, it's sticky hot midsummer now. <laughs> I hope you've had occasion to be. Testing for yourself the theories we've posited here about the different kinds of personalities you get at gatherings. And as a recap, we are now more than halfway through our seven-party personalities series, where Christy and I have had fun just unpacking the different kinds of personality types that show up at gatherings. So to recap, if you were to go back to the beginning of the series, type number one, we called the artist type number two, the extrovert, type number three, the romantic, type number four, the introvert. And today, here on week number five in this series, we're going to give ourselves permission. And I don't know if you've been listening to this series and thinking to yourself, oh, but that'll never happen. I'll never have a tea party or a garden party or that kind of gathering that Lisa Joe, and Christy are describing. If you sense in yourself that hesitation toward the practical, which sometimes is maybe guarding your heart from disappointed expectations, we want to invite you today to meet party personality type number five, the wishful thinker. (laughs) And I will caveat by saying, even as we were thinking, anticipating this episode, I was thinking when I was unpacking the stories in my head, we were going to tell, but I, I should tone it down and it might not happen. And maybe we shouldn't get our hopes up. And, and I realized in that moment, no, it's okay. We are allowed to be wishful thinkers about the kinds of dream gatherings we'd like to have. Like we're allowed. And we are here today to give you permission to be a wishful thinker about the kind of gathering you hope dream pray, wish you might have this year.
1: Mm-hmm. And I can attest that if you allow yourself to do that, then the experience itself is even more magical because the difference between a lovely gathering and a lovely gathering that you hoped for and prayed for and planned for is like A vast difference, and so sadly, when we just try to manage our expectations that's like a self fulfilling prophecy I think <laughs> like we 're making sure that we will never be wildly <laughs> wildly you know satisfied in our desires when it comes to to gathering so there is a, a risk, of course, and we've talked about some of the ways that throwing parties or hosting gatherings you know put us in a vulnerable place that will remain true, but it is worthwhile to dream and to um, imagine. And uh, so right now, Lisa Joe, I am doing a bit of dreaming and imagining and have done because um, it's summer and I have a summer birthday, but I also share my birthday with my son. And this summer is a, uh, I guess you'd call it like a milestone birthday for him. I mean, not in any significant way, but it's it's 16. It's one of those numbers that we sort of, um, well, gosh, now I'm like pondering, why is that? Why do we invest 16 with this magic? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it just all goes back to the culture of like sweet 16 or whatever. But for whatever reason, 16 feels significant. It feels worth celebrating. And so I spent a lot of time this, I guess, winter, spring trying to figure out how he would celebrate his birthday. And I felt a lot of pressure, Lisa Joe, because he's my second born and his older sister, wait for it, celebrated her sweet 16 with a European
0: vacation hosted by her Grammy. <laughs> I know you have <laughs> the problem of precedent. Like right? I feel like that's one of those things. I remember when a kid lost a tooth for the first time and I made this elaborate gold letter from a tooth fairy with glitter and whatnot. Older, wiser moms (laughs) wrote to me and were like, what are you doing? You are setting very dangerous precedent. And now the tooth fairy, I'm not even kidding you, just Venmo's them like $2 or something because she forgets all the time.
1: Oh, yeah. Precedent is a dangerous thing. I mean, it's a good thing. Well, I'll just say here, in this case, it was a good thing because it pushed me (laughs) online, frantically searching travel websites. And, um, you know, the other element to this is that my son had a a special summer um, international trip planned for the summer of 2020. So, of course, that was canceled. um, and, And so that has just kind of added some pressure. Um, so, yeah, I spent it, it just pushed me just to think ahead, even though the spring was so busy for me, and there's a lot that I wasn't managing and I wasn't planning ahead for. This, I was spending some time thinking about um, a special birthday coming up. His sister had celebrated hers. With a river cruise, you know, in Paris, right? Eiffel Tower overhead. Like. And like
0: those <laughs> fancy tea parties in London. Like those look, that's yes. what I really want one day, tea party in London.
1: <laughs> yes, yes. Her Grammy took her on a very special trip. It was special for both of them. And I got to tag along for two out of the three countries. So it was fun wow. for me as well. So yeah, I was I was doing all this research for like international travel. Like, oh my gosh, what can we manage? And kind of feeling stressed by it all, stressed by the uncertainty of of travel with, you know, pandemic regulations, um, uh, my own just that busy season where I didn't have a lot of time to plan a trip, the financial, you know, concerns that come in if you're trying to plan something bigger and um, was really twisting myself up about it. And then, um, and added to that, I was remembering that we had always hoped that maybe the summer before our oldest went to college, that we could take the kids to Europe and, um, that had always, you know, been a kind of dream or plan, a wishful thinking, right? So all of that was pushing me forward when um, I had a bit of an epiphany. And maybe this is a, a twist on our wishful thinking theme here, but um, it, I, I realized just how, um, just how hard and complicated it, it felt. And, and so I realized, okay, maybe, maybe it isn't the right time for that. But then all of a sudden, it like welled up in me where I really, really did want to go, where I really wanted to celebrate my birthday, a place that would be easy to get to, but also very meaningful for our whole family, and especially me and my son. And that is Chicago, the place where our family story began, the very city where my son was born 16 years ago, where he has not returned. In, you know, this past decade, Um, I've been back, but he has not been back. And so when I realized, oh my goodness, we could actually get in our car and drive to a place that we love, that we know, that is meaningful, where we have friends, um, where there's, you know, just the Great Lake and Um, beaches and um, wonderful restaurants and, you know, so much that makes for a great vacation a place to celebrate birthdays. When I realized that, and that I wouldn't even have to figure out the complications of pandemic travel. It was like, you know, angels singing or (laughs) or whatever. (laughs) And so that's, yeah, that's the trip. That's the party, if you will, that I ended up planning. And um, I'm so excited to do that with him this summer. So sometimes I guess in this case, wishful thinking. You could say, well, I I didn't manage to fulfill the dream, right? We had talked about maybe going to Europe. Somehow it doesn't feel like that. It feels like that level of wishing, that level of letting myself dream and hope and try to create something special actually led me to something totally different, but that feels equally meaningful and also feels even more celebratory because it's frankly a lot less work. And a lot less money for mom and dad.
0: (laughs) Right. I I feel like you're giving me permission to recast in my own mind the stories we tell about big events. Because part of the thing about expectations is that there is one story we are telling or have been told, and then there's a story we're living. And so it's sort of like the gap between the two is where we can feel disappointed, maybe the trick is to rewrite the story. Like, And then in your case, you're rewriting the story of like, but this is what I actually want to do. Like I want to go to Chicago and how wonderful it works out to be simpler and easier and less expensive. And so it's helping me because part of As I started listening to you, I began with that feeling I often get when parents are talking about big trips they take with an individual child, because now I have a story of guilt because I haven't done that. It's something we've always wanted to do with our kids, too. But um, with COVID and Pete lost his job and we were in a, you know, a situation that of change, like everybody, a lot of those wantings fell through the cracks. But what I realized, though, is that in the midst of that, some key things have happened. So my oldest son, who had turned 16, and we thought we would do a big trip with him, and we haven't. The truth of it is, though, he plays travel soccer. We've talked about this in prior episodes. So if you go back and listen to our episode called A Day in the Life Night, you'll hear how much travel we do with Jackson and his his soccer. But what that has meant, and this is such an interesting twist, is that his dad is usually the one who does the out-of-state trips with him. And it means that the two of them have gone to places like North Carolina together. They've gone to I'm trying to think New York together they've gone to New Jersey together every time they go they get online ahead of time and they look up some really great local place to eat so in north carolina there's this barbecue place they went to like you wait in line for hours to get in but that is what they've done together and so every time they've taken a soccer trip they've built in this time together sometimes they've driven by key campuses of beautiful universities that are in the area or gone to museums and i've been able to have a switch in the narrative, I tell myself. So while Jackson hasn't had like his one big birthday extravaganza trip with his dad, guess what? He's had incredibly meaningful, fun soccer trips with built-in dad time and car time and restaurant time. And I think part of telling stories that give us satisfaction, both of the wishes that we have for ourselves, as well as our reality, <laughs> is, is being able to be creative in how we understand the stories of our lives. And it's really helped me be able to say to myself, yeah, I had this one wish for Jackson, but he's actually lived into it. Like he's had these amazing experiences with his father, just the two of them. It's their thing. They love doing it. So on that same note, when I think about Micah and he's had, you know, his 13th and his 16th is a a year away still. um, And I've had anxiety thinking about like, what are we doing? Are we doing anything meaningful? Well, for the last four years, we haven't been able to travel home to South Africa, which is where I'm from. And This year, for the first time, we will go home for Christmas, and while we are there, it will be Micah's birthday, so he'll get the fun of being home in South Africa for his birthday. My brother Joshua is a huge planner, so while he has been in hospital quite a bit recently, it's given him a lot of time, (laughs) so we're constantly getting links from him to houses and Airbnbs he wants to rent so the whole family can be together and I'm able to tell myself, like Lisa Joe, like South Africa, it's not just going home like that's a trip of a lifetime, like we're gonna go to South Africa, we're gonna go down to the coast, we hopefully will visit my cousin who has a game farm. I guess that's what I'm learning about wishful thinking. It doesn't actually have to be... Wishful thinking doesn't have to equal unrealistic thinking. Maybe it's more like wishful thinking equals creative thinking too. So you can have like this big wish, but then you can get creative and think, well, what does that look like? How do I fit that around my family? A follow-up with another thing I learned this past weekend was Memorial Day, and I immediately had this pressure like, oh, we're supposed to do some big celebratory thing, right? Some gathering. We should have a cookout or have people over or join with people and... And sort of like you in Europe, I started thinking, like, I just don't want to do that. Like, it's not, not what I feel like doing this weekend. And so instead, we had four soccer games in 24 hours. There's a big tournament. And then following that, me and my daughter, we thought about what we wanted to do. And we wanted to go to some thrift stores. She wanted to go to Panera for lunch. She wanted to buy a clock. And all of those things were the things we had wished for, as simple as they were, and they were really fulfilling to do. And at the end of that day, I thought to myself, huh, we didn't do any of the things I feel like I'm supposed to do on these big days, but it was like the exact right experience we wanted to have on that day. And so when we thought about this personality of a wishful thinker, it does tie in with a birthday celebration because you tend to make wishes on your birthday, you know, there's the fun trope of blowing out your candles and making a wish. But, but it does mean it's the time when you get to think about like, what would I like this experience to be? And guess what, like you get to make it how you want it to be. And it doesn't have to be on the exact date of your birthday. It doesn't have to look exactly the way you planned for it. Maybe you just get to be creative as you dream up what's the right fit for you, and your family.
1: Mhm, you right fit for your child if it's
0: a child's right. birthday.
1: Yeah, yeah, we've done so many different things for kid birthday and like never repeated them. Like they're different <laughs> for each kid, you know. My extrovert oldest has often had a party with all of her friends, like a traditional kind of birthday party. Um, my youngest, she always just invites one friend. My boys never invite anyone and just do something <laughs> with the family.
0: <laughs> right. <laughs> that's very, sort of how we've morphed too. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah, very in keeping for each of that. So, Lisa Joe, I, um, I think a little bird told me, okay, no, actually, it was just you on a few episodes <laughs> ago. <laughs> Not so little. But you have started some wishful thinking toward a milestone birthday of your own, right?
0: I know, and part of me almost feels nervous having the conversation because I'm like, wait, are is it becoming real? Because then, what if it doesn't happen? I'll be so disappointed. I want to make excuses, but yes, I so I turn fifty in three years, which is so wild to me. Or well, maybe it's two years because I'll be forty eight this August. So in two years, that's so crazy. <laughs> and um I I feel more nervous about that birthday than I have about any of my others. Like I really don't. I'm not a problem. I'm not a person who has issues aging like I feel pretty good about it I feel like I've earned all of these years but 50 is a really big number and um, I'd been talking to my dad he hasn't been out to the states in a really long time and he maybe a year ago threw out to me maybe when you turn 50 I'll come like maybe we should plan toward that and immediately, I think my next phone call was Christy. And I was like, we need to book the barn in August of the year I turn 50. <laughs> I'd like to host a big 50th birthday party. And I'm not one either for big parties necessarily. I think it's because they feel like a lot of work and there's potential for like, what if it falls flat? And I don't, I don't know. I, I tend to be a downer. You can ask Christy when we work on projects. I'm always the one who's like, oh, this probably won't work. No one will come. <laughs> I don't know what's wrong with me, but tend to be wired that way. Um, But it has been fun to say to Christy, what if I had a 50th birthday party and we just invited everybody, like everybody I know, and we just made it huge. And we, we presumed to say to people, would you consider flying in for my birthday party? We're having a huge bash at the barn. And so, yes, giving myself Permission to dream about that feels both scary as well as really fun. Like, how fun to have a friend who's like, yeah, let's do that. (laughs) Let's, Let's host a huge event here for your 50th. I just think it would be fun to bring together all the people I love from all four corners of the earth under one barn for one night. Something about that feels very Tasha Tudor-esque come to life. It's a big year for a lot of reasons. I It's hard for me to even believe it, but Zoe will turn 13 that year, the year I turn 50. And it's also the year... Maybe, miraculously, my fourth book will come out, the one that feels like is my whole life story. So, in many ways, it feels like a year that deserves a mile marker. And my 40th, as we shared in one of our previous episodes, was a quiet gathering of a few intimate friends. So, why not let 50 be a huge gathering <laughs> with lots of friends that's still intimate in some way?
1: Mm-hmm. I love that dream. I'm already, you know, I'm already like brain, like ideas, 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 like seriously, it will like party planning to me as much as there are aspects of it that are difficult or stressful, but when it's the pure, not even the planning, when it's the pure dreaming phase, Mm. like it's not... It's not that phase in the weeks ahead where you actually have to get stuff done and you actually need to think of the lists and so on. Like it's before that. It's like the pre-pre-planning where it's yeah. all fantasy and daydream, you know? Yeah. That is like my, that's like food
0: for me. That's like.
1: <laughs> And so I'm just thinking like, I can feast on that party dream for the next <laughs> two years.
0: <laughs> so and I, I do feel like you're, there's something about Christy who always, the things I feel like are insurmountable, she, she just takes them in stride. And so there's something about that I feed on, like, oh, maybe it will just be fun, you know? And I think. I don't know in your life, Christy, but the last time I had a gathering that was very large of all people I actually knew. So I'm not talking about like as much as I love a live podcast recording or a book event or speaking event. I don't know all of those people personally. Actually, it feels often unbalanced because they know much more about me than I know about them. The last time I gathered with many, many people that I knew was like my wedding I feel like I I mean I don't know if you can think of something but the idea of having a gathering of many people where I actually know all of them that that suddenly feels like really exciting
1: and it's a funny tension between like on the one hand I I want to say to you of course this is easy we just we put it on the calendar and we just keep walking in that direction so in that sense like there are no obstacles. There are no hurdles. It's, we just aim for it. On the other hand, I recognize, and partially from experience, so in my own family, um, this isn't a birthday party story, but um, uh, family, it's a big gathering story. You know, my, my family um, is spread out and large. And so um, after my brother-in-law passed away and we gathered around that time, we decided, hey, at least every two years, we will commit to like some kind of family reunion and, you know, renting a house or doing whatever we can to make this happen. And so we managed it um, at the two-year mark and we all um, journeyed to Colorado. It was wonderful. And then we just looked forward to the next two years. And and, um, John and I had said that we would host and, Um, We planned for that. It was part of one reason why we moved ahead with um, work on the Black Barn, but we couldn't have predicted COVID. (laughs) And now it looks like like we're not even, we couldn't do it last summer for various reasons. We can't do it this summer for various reasons. Probably, like we're still aiming for next summer. I'm very hopeful. Um, But even if it happens at that point, it'd be like four years since we last all saw each other. Um, so in my head is also that reality that you can plan, you can dream, you can aim for something. But ultimately, of course, like so much of life is entirely out of our control. And so, um, you know, no one could have predicted this you know, global pandemic that would wreck our plans for a family reunion. But I also recognize that like that is the part we don't have to worry about because it's not in our control. Like that is the part we just acknowledge in humility. yes. None of us can say with absolute certainty what will happen this afternoon, let alone two years from now. But that just means it isn't ours to worry about. That just means we hand that over, right? We hand that over to God. We hand that over in prayer. We, like, we do not carry that because it isn't ours to carry. And we just go on with what we can do, which is aiming towards something that seems to us to be good, to be worthwhile, um, to be the right thing. And in my mind, Clearly, the right thing is that in two years, um, we will gather in the black barn with everyone that you can manage to to bring in who you want to to spend that birthday with. So, yeah, I feel like actually I'm like gonna scribble a note here, like block off all of August. So what year will that be? August twenty twenty four.
0: Save the dates for like. What year is that? So that'll be 2024, right? I feel like we should send out, save the dates for August, 2024 for people. I know, cause I always, you know, your family spread across the country and mine is spread, spread across the ocean. And so part of me just feels like I. Anticipatory sadness that my South African family might not be able to come. But that I realize is unfair to them. I haven't told them, like, my, I haven't given them permission to dream, plan, or feel wishful about it either. And I think this was a good conversation because it's brought out of the shadows into the light, something I really want and really feel hopeful for. I haven't even talked to Peter about this idea. Like, <laughs> I you know because I feel like if I just keep it secret enough, then maybe it will just happen. I actually, interestingly enough I think it's a lot of an enneagram 2 personality trait so one of our traits is because we are good at anticipating what others might want or need or feel we we assume back that that, that other people will know what we want think or feel. And will act in that direction. Then we become sad when they don't. Which is, of course, I know after many years, uh, that's unrealistic. We have to actually speak out loud. We have to say like, these are the things I'm dreaming of. Will you dream with me? Or will you be part of planning with me? And so it's a good accountability episode for me. <laughs> wouldn't it be fun two years from now to be able to come back and revisit this conversation and yeah. see what happened? so we hope we've given you permission to dream to have wishful thinking planning and then saying out louding to the people around you what it is you'd like what you'd like for your special next celebration whether it's a birthday or something else
1: well, I'm anticipating already, and I'm anticipating a party that will be even better, Lisa Joe. Because so far ahead of time, you said, This is what I want, this is what I hope for, this is what I'm wishing for, and that's just going to make it better.